It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A drive right center field. Hit very deep and gone. Into the second deck. Kepler, who has two three-home run games against the Indians, continues to torment Terry Francona. Driven to left field, hit deep, and gone! Carver with a home run. And the Twins score another second-inning run. Not a pitch, but that's the best approach at a ball, especially a breaking ball that Mitch has had this year. Do all of these home runs sound like that? If If I play these other ones, do they all sound like that? Listen to this. Oh. oh. You know. Oh. You know, that is awesome. But you guys are burying the storyline here. Oh. That's good. But guess whose bats didn't do that for three of the four games? Or actually, all four. Are you going to rip the Twins offense today? No, not at <laughs> all. No, no. I come in praise. I come in praise of the okay. arms race. I thought you were going to no. gonna rip the, I thought you were going to say, oh, those are the only five offensive no, highlights. Hell you could no. What I'm All saying right. is the complete package is in place at Target Field. Well, we will break a Twins game, or in this case, series, because it's a Monday down like it is a football game. The Wild are back, and they've taken a 1 0 lead on the Canucks. Is that good or bad? Are we rooting for that? And also, it is random season recall Monday here on the show. But a quick thank you to Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, and uh, and all the great deals they have right now in 2020 vehicles. So we're in the middle of summer here. In fact, we're, it's kind of a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you my meteorologist uh, twist here. It's kind of a mild week weather wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, temperatures in the low to mid 70s today and the rest of the week. And it's road trip season. If you're looking to get out and about and you're looking for a safe drive, you're looking for a smooth drive with good gas mileage, all of the above, you can get into a brand new 2020 RAV4 for just $249 a month or 1.9% financing for 60 months. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com to find out more or just stop in on the corner of 691 in Brooklyn Boulevard. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Driven to the gap in left center field. That ball is a bullet and gone. Into the bullpen. And the Twins take the first lead. Drilled to the left field corner. It's deep and gone. He's got another one. And that left the ballpark as quickly as the first one. You know, when he hits him, Roy, I'm glad I don't have a home run call because I, I don't think I'd be able to fit the words in. <laughs> That's true. You. He doesn't He doesn't have a home run call. 
Provis has a home run. Was call. that a was that a shot at home run calls? Was it a shot at Provis? Do we have twins play by play you know feud happening right now? Is it a shot being blocked from Dick Bramer? You know the <laughs> first name that came to my mind for a potential shot territory, not Provis, Gordo. Touch them all. Yeah, because I mean he oh, had the call, right? The best. And people love that call. Touch them all was good. Yeah. But I'm just wondering if I I'm just putting it out there. I'm just wondering if Mr. Bramer was um killing two birds with one stone. How do you like how do you guys like Provis's call? The we can't play it uh because we don't have the radio rights to play it, but it's back it goes, deep it goes, and then it's gone. I think Provis is great. Yeah, he's back a it pro, goes. Man. I'm an unabashed Corey Provis fan. I am too. He's awesome. So there's nothing he does that I don't like. Correct. In fact, whenever whenever <laughs> Bramer mean, just that simple. <laughs> well, we don't know enough about. Hey, listen, on the air, I mean, on the that's radio, what people said about Darren Sharper too. Okay. On the radio <laughs> airwaves, there's nothing Corey does that I don't enjoy listening to. I think he is the he is the consummate professional. So uh, every single time there's a Twins game, or in this case, we get to react to multiple Twins games on this Monday. Uh, real ch- quick, cheap plug. You guys are doing, and Jake DePew is part of this yesterday, multiple times per week, and you guys did this also after the Wild game. Last Call is part of the Mackie and Judd show. Uh, I guess you could call it Digital Wing. You can find Last Call in video form reacting to games as they finish on Score North Twitter and Facebook. You can also find, uh, going forward here, on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed as well. But we break down Twins games. Football. Like they're football games. Because it's a sprint of a season here, 60 games. And so, Judd, what's the first thing that stood out to you as we dissect a Twins absolute domination of oh. the Cleveland Indians this weekend? Game one it didn't go, go well. It didn't go terrible. But Bieber was great. You lose two rip in that game. And then you come back and win three consecutive games against, supposedly, your arch rival in the American League Central. All right. What, here's how I'm going to dissect this. I'm going to dissect baseball as football. By drawing the parallel to the fact that I think Mike Zimmer probably loved the scores of the games on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 13 to at 10. At Target Field. 6 no, to 9. sir. No, I mean from a football oh, standpoint. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Exactly right. Seven, exactly right. 17 to 13. All right. So Football. Game two, 4 to 1. Game three, twins 3 nothing. Game four yesterday, three to one. All right. Let me give you and let me. So that's that to me, not the Bomba squad, is the storyline of this series if we're going to break it down. And now let me unearth another layer here, too. Okay. Because I mean, this is, I'm going to take you from the defensive performance to the defensive backfield. Football. And the defensive backfield, when it comes to the Twins and baseball in particular, is, of course, the guys who sit in the outfield for most of the game and then start to come in and do their jobs. I want to run over, run past, run through some facts about the bullpen. All right, Phil Mackey? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have, by my calculations, a 2.76 ERA, and they have pitched in every game. But that includes what was a debacle, nine and runs against the bullpen in four innings in game two in Chicago. I want to subtract that now. So I, I believe the Twins have played eight games. I want to give you the other seven games, all right? They've actually played nine games. Or nine games. Seven I'm sorry. And seven and two on the Thank season. Thank you very much. So I want to give you the eight, eight games subtracting game two, which didn't go well for the bullpen. Sure. Without game two, 
The bullpen has pitched 35 innings. They've given up 17 total hits. They have given up three runs, 14 walks, 42 strikeouts, one home run. That translates to a 0.77 earn run average. Now, let me but give you. But can they pitch? No, let me give but you the homestand. But can they pitch? Let me give you the homestand. Josh where every, Donaldson can't pitch. Wherever he can't play, too, unfortunately, right now. <laughs> That's true. We'll but, get to that. <laughs> but, let, but let me get, let me give you the homestand where every blade of grass must be defended. It must be defended because this is your home target field against the Cardinals and then the four games against Cleveland. 26 innings, 13 hits, three runs. So all three came against the Twins in this homestand. Oh, no, three runs. Eight walks, 31 strikeouts. Take your pitch to contact and shove it. Yeah. One home run, which was sort of tipped by Byron Buxton. And by my calculations, a 1.04 ERA. The The story of the 2020 Twins, all... A consideration to the Bomba squad and and to, to the fact that this team hit a big league record 307 home runs last year and the fact that this team continues to hit home runs at a pretty damn good rate right now. This story, The story of the 2020 Twins right now is pitching, and in particular... I am choosing to single out the secondary, yeah. and that's the bullpen, Listen, man. Listen, all right, not, not, to, not to go full like pat myself or ourselves on the back here, but the biggest misperception going into this season was, well, they can't pitch. They can't pitch. They can hit, but if you don't have... Okay, like, to just black and white blanket statements say they can't pitch is wildly incorrect. Now, is it correct to say that they don't have the best pitching staff up and down in Major League Baseball? That would be a correct statement. They do not have the best pitching staff in Major League Baseball. They also it's, it's also correct to say they don't have an ace caliber like and by ace caliber I mean a Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Justin Bieber's cousin type guy. Like <laughs> there's like 12 of those guys in baseball. The Twins don't have one of those guys and the Twins aren't the best pitching staff in all of baseball. But people take those two statements and then equate it to so they're terrible and they can't pitch. And Kenta Maeda is not an ace, and so why would you trade for him? And Rich Hill isn't an ace and can't pitch 200 innings, so why would you even bother acquiring him? And the real truth is the Twins have a really, really, really good set of pitchers. And because their bullpen goes like six studs deep, well, it goes like two or three studs deep. And then Sergio Romo is really good, and he's hot to start the season, and Tyler Clippert is a good veteran, etc. Because you've got a bridge that can start in the sixth inning, you don't need, like, these complaints about well, Kenta Maeda, the guy never, you know, the guy's never pitched more than 150 innings or whatever it is, or Rich Hill hasn't pitched more than 130 innings. Right. I don't care. Right. Can they get? Can they give me five innings? Kenta Maeda so far this season has given me 11 innings and two runs allowed, and that's exactly what we need Kenta Maeda to do the rest of the season. Because if he hands the ball off with two outs in the sixth mm-hmm. to Tyler Clippard to Trevor May into some combination of Tyler Duffy and Taylor Rogers, the game is over. Yes, sir. So, like, I, I just, it bothered me so much. Well, I mean, Kent is not an ace, so why would you acquire him? Because he's good. Well, he's a good pitcher. And, and Saturday, he, guys he was out. phenomenal, my man. I mean, yes. on Saturday, that stuff, the, the thing I, that I love about him and Hill in particular, too, is watching them work is watching guys practicing a craft. They're not just pitchers. They're pros. They're, yeah. they're pros, pros. I mean, you can learn from watching them. They've got approaches. And this is not to say that it's going to work every time out. I completely get that, all right? 
There are going to be games where I'm sure both are going to get drilled. But that being said, they have an approach every single time. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Here's the key. Dobnik gets you five on Friday, right? Clipper, Duffy, Romo, Rodgers, good night. Cleveland's done. And the comeback that I saw was, well, Cleveland's not that good. The lineup doesn't scare you. Okay, let me tell you right now. That might be true. But the fact is, this bullpen's damn good. This bullpen is damn good. And when you are sending out, uh, you know, game two or game three, Maeda starts one hit, six innings of that ball game, right? May, Stashek, Rogers, good night. And that's it. Yeah. It's not going to be like that every single game. No, hell no. It's like one time a week, the bullpen's going to hiccup or whatever it is, or they're going to go through a stretch. But th- this is the formula. The formula doesn't have to be like ideally you would have Garrett Cole. That would be awesome. It'd be great if you had Garrett Cole. And you know what? There's still a chance. I haven't looked to see, you know, what the possible uh, trade candidates could be uh, before August 31st because th- that's the other thing. The trade deadline's in like four weeks, and yeah. so they can still make a trade. Yes, sir. I don't know how likely it is that they're going to trade like Alex Kirloff for a rent a pitcher, but but on the notion that you brought up that you're watching guys Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda. Sergio Romo, like these guys are professional pitchers with track records of success. And I think there's been so many Twins teams where they aspire to win the division and then they aspire to go deep in the playoffs. And then you kind of look up and down and it's like they've got talent and they've got talent enough to win 90 games or get the wild card spot a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But how much of a track record, how much mental wiring, 10 years of success is there that goes into these guys, right? Kenta Maeda, I don't if you're a Twins fan, unless you play like deep league, you know, fantasy baseball, you probably aren't that familiar with Kenta Maeda. He was a really good, solid middle of the rotation starting pitcher for the Dodgers. But before that, when I talk about wiring and programming and like what what is your DNA as a professional baseball player? Did you come up losing a bunch of minor league games like the Twins Fun Bunch did? Hmm. That one group of prospects that we talk about from like 2011 through 13, those guys all lost a ton of games in the minor leagues. They did okay individually and put up statistics, but when it came down to like winning DNA and confidence and chemistry and all those things that go into sort of the unquantifiable bin of of winning baseball games, like the Twins have had groups of players that haven't had that. Kenta Maeda, before he came to America in 2016, pitched nine years. He 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 came into the Japanese Pacific League when he was 20 years old in 2008. These are his ERAs in Japan, okay? And again, I'm not saying that this directly equates to Major League Baseball. It doesn't. But when you're talking about building a lifetime and a career of confidence and reference points, Mm -hmm. these are his Japanese ERAs. 2.21 as a 22-year-old, went 15-8, and struck out 200 batters. 2.46, 1.53, 2.10, 2.60, 2.09. Like, this dude for a decade in Japan in his 20s was the guy. Yeah. Comes over, and he's like, you know, it's American infrastructure, and uh, you're living in a different country, and the the hitters are different and better, and the league is better and whatnot. So he's not the ace that he was in Japan, but this dude, when he gets on a mound, is confident Mm -hmm. and knows what he's doing. So I just I felt like that soapbox was necessary coming off this series because it wasn't the bats that outscored Cleveland 8-6. to It was the pitching that allowed four runs in the last five games. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The pitching's been great and the bullpen is is really good and a year ago if Baldelli had come out and announced that the starting pitcher couldn't start game four Sunday and Bailey couldn't if he had come out and said we're going to bullpen it again against Cleveland tomorrow we all would have said 
Oh, really? Interesting. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't think on Saturday night, as the announcement was made that Bailey couldn't pitch and that Clippard was going to be the opener on Sunday, Phil, I don't know that anybody batted an eye. Yeah. Anybody. I mean, that was a bullpen game on Sunday against a still a pretty good baseball team in Cleveland. And you didn't think to yourself, you're doing that? You thought, okay, I get it. Clippard, Smeltzer, Whistler, Duffy, May, Romo, good night again. Well, uh, what did you make here? So, uh, next item, sort of a uh, dovetail football. off this pitching conversation. So, Randy Dobnak has made two starts for the Twins so far this year. He's gone four innings against the White Sox a week ago, and then he went, uh, this would have been late last week, in their first win of the series, he went five innings, no runs allowed against Cleveland, and then they pulled him third time through the order. Yep. So, how much are you buying into Randy Dobnak? Because right now he's kind of just like he's in the rotation because of injuries and suspensions and stuff. Yes. But he's been brilliant in the minor leagues. They just sort of created this guy to know where he started a game at Yankee Stadium in the playoffs last year. Which I didn't like at the time, by the way. No. And that goes back to reference points. Like, have yeah. you pitched in a big game before? This is <laughs> not probably, this big. Is your heart going to be racing out of your neck? Um, how much are you buying into Randy Dobnak? So for me, the answer to that question is is not how much am I buying into Dobnik, Phil. It's how much am I buying into what I think the Twins can do. Yeah. And I'm buying in. They are. They have a formula. I thought when, when Falvey got the job here that he would bring in pitching, and I thought it, it would be young pitching and at times established, and he has, right? But what I didn't expect and didn't know was this next layer of pitching that they would acquire and bring in, which is who's that? And then they fix them. Yeah, right. And and in some cases, they fix them for extended periods of time. And in some, they don't. So so my Dobnik answer to you is not, oh, yeah, he's going to be great. It's I am more than willing to wait and see if this is potentially a long-term fix. But these guys have a formula or a key yeah. that we definitely don't get yet. I think there's some regression to come because in his 11 major league games, the dude has a 1.45 ERA. And he just seems to work out of trouble sure. whenever he puts guys on base. Uh, he was never highly touted. I don't even know if he was drafted. To be honest, I don't. I don't think he was. I think he was like a minor league free agent. But they've had you know success with guys like this, and, and yeah. I think the question is, how long can that success be prolonged? But you look damn good on Friday, man. Yeah, he's. I know he's the type of dude that like, if you're if you're going to have a top to bottom, you know, great organizational uh, pitching system, like guys like this kind of have to pop up once in a while. Although quickly, to, he did mention he did. Post-game mention on Friday, the key words that no Twins fan ever wants to hear again. Nope. He mentioned pitch to contact. Oh, get him out. He said something about I was trying to pitch to contact, and I felt like going saying, Randy, 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 (laughs) you can say a lot of things. I feel like we need someone in the background giving him the Rick Spielman thing. No, no, no. Dustin Morris, never, never say (laughs) pitch to contact. There should just be a trap door underneath the press conference chair where if someone says pitch to contact in sequence, they just fall through. They're never to be heard from again. Say soft contact. (laughs) Football. Breaking a Twins game down like it's a football game because it's a sprint of a season. And uh, real quick, is that somebody on hold? Yeah, I. someone called in. Someone's on the warm line. It's not Pat Royce, and Pat's the only one I know who knows our warm right, line. Right, but we have inside baseball here ever since the changes on May 1st. We've been doing our show pre-recorded, right. different studio setup, so I don't even know. Okay. Hello? Yeah, yeah Hello? Um, yes, yeah, this is uh, uh, with, uh, with a question for the the, the show. Is about, this uh, is this Randy and Cottage Grove? Uh, yeah, 
Randy, how did you? Well, thanks for calling. How did you get this new number? It's it's available. If you know people, it's published. It's you can find it. And uh, huh. I did a little digging. And um, if you know, you know the prefixes and the, the, you just keep dialing stuff until you find it. And and uh, the gentleman answered, said uh, score north, and I said okay. <laughs> I guess we found it. How did uh, you know? But but our show, like we're recording this at a different time than we use. How did you even know we were in here? I just give it a try a few times a day. This this was a good uh, lucky guess, I oh. suppose. Well, congratulations, Randy. All right, well, great to hear from you. We've missed you. Well, you know, sort I'm of. still still doing the doing the work, putting in the time, getting ready, of course, for the mm. for the season. And I sort of wondered if you guys wanted to kind of go run through some of the. Really exciting parts of this secondary. Love uh, Anthony Harris being back and uh, yeah, you know, you know. Listen, we love Anthony Harris. Great guy, great football player. Really good. Um, and cheap plug, you can find our daily Vikings conversations on the Purple Daily podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Scorenorth.com. But right now, we're just we're uh, we're kind of waist deep in a Twins baseball conversation here, Randy. So you know, maybe you can, I don't know, maybe you can try calling back some other time or. Well, that's. I mean, I, I, I've been watching that too. For sure. I mean, it's, uh, I don't have anything else to do. Are, are the knees working well, for softball, Randy? How's the how, how's the softball dingers going? We got uh, the league shut shut the senior goal down. This oh year, no! So not happy about that. Um, I mean, well, Declan's Hubbard team yeah. apparently you don't have to work for Hubbard to play on that team. I'm so. rounding off the order, and we're winning games, baby. Could be a ringer, Randy. Well, the the, the 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 issue with the softball with some of the some of the guys in the senior are a little bit older, a little bit more long in the tooth, and they're they're concerned about their health and I'm uh, I, I I you know I can't uh, I can't who am I to judge you know I thought it was Jockich that kept you out of softball Excuse me It's not don't call it Jockich I thought it was don't, I don't thought call it was Jokic 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 that kept you out of softball uh, He was just tweeting was about it, this Was it COVID or Jockich There's a medical term for it it's uh, tinea cruris and uh, I've gotten on top of that now I'm of a two and a half week symptom free um Happy to report, and uh, that that has that was never an impediment to 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 uh, hmm. to softball. That was a bowling problem, and it was in the winter months where you wear more layers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll just leave it at that. But I I, I suppose if you, if you guys would want to talk about the uh, <clears throat> Minnesota Twins, I could I could muster up a quick stud stable if you'd like. Wow! Wait! Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. Stud stable. We're going twin stud stable. Look at you, Randy, turning a page. I've been I, I, like I said. I got nothing else to do. I mean, normally it's football all the time. But did you get you know, fired finally? I'm still on a leave. And it's paid. It's a paid leave. How long are they going to pay you for? Well, the whole the whole situation. You know, I think I I think what actually may have happened, if you can keep it between us, is I, I think they don't realize I'm still on on the payroll. Oh, you're like Milton from Office Space. Uh, I just we're going to keep it, leave it at that, and we're not. And anybody who 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 know who knows me, you you zip it, okay? Because this is working out great, okay? But just let's zip it on that. And uh, if you can go ahead and uh, do the stud stable music, I'll, I'll let little you do it. This is Randy and Cottage Grove's Twins Stud Stable football, a series win over Cleveland. Take it away, Randy. All right, this is uh, early on in the. the 2021 season here. It's uh, the Twins are playing a short burst, and I like that. All the games mean a little bit more. That feels a little more like pigskin. So let's go ahead and do a stud stable. Randy's stud stable on the Twins. We're going to start off with a guy who really puts the meat to the bone. 
This is a guy who is 40 years old, but he plays like a 25-year-old stallion. It's Nelson Cruz, and he's a stud. <laughs> Up next, I want to talk about a new guy. Came over from Los Angeles, and he can really, really paint. And I'm talking about a guy named Kathleen Medea. He's so crafty. He can work his way in and out, paint the corners. And Kathleen Medea, he's a stud. How about the other guy came over from the Dodgers? This is a guy who likes to cuss and he likes to drink. And I can get behind both of those things. This is a guy named Rich Hill, and he's a stud. You got to shift your focus now over to right field. This guy, I've been loving getting to know some of his abilities. He's German, and he can rake. Max Kemper, he's a stud. And I really like what I'm seeing so far from the bullpen. Top to bottom, they got a lot of guys who can do a lot of different things. But I'm going to focus on a guy who kind of lets it flow, lets his freak flag fly. And that's Sergio Romo. Sergio, you came in yesterday and you really, really did it. I mean, you, you've got some ability and you've got some moxie. And you put on a clinic. Sergio Romo, you're a stud. I'd like to finish out by talking about one of the unsung heroes of this entire organization. And that's a guy named Tommy Watkins. I ran into him at a watering hole last summer. Uh, some friends of mine said, I think that guy the coaches for the Twins. I said, I wouldn't know. Personally, wouldn't know. Well, I could tell you all the Vikings coaches are 200 feet away, but I didn't know this guy. But we got to know him. He can really, really knock them back. He did a shot, did a beer, and then we did a bunch of shots and beers, and we closed it down. Tommy Wunkins is a stud. Hmm. Did you just say that uh, you can identify all of the Vikings assistant coaches from 200 yards away? Well, sure. I've spent enough time at, at camp over the years, for sure. Hmm. You need to know who they are, because then you can go and you can ask them uh, for the for the. I don't, I'm not sure if you, you you guys remember. Maybe it feels like it's been a minute, but I uh, went ahead and pegged another first-round pick this year. Do you recall that? Oh, we, we did. We, yeah, we so nobody celebrated yeah, that. Nobody yeah. ignored yeah. that. Yeah. Justin, Justin, Justin. He's a stud, too. In fact, uh, the pick I, I pegged a couple of years ago isn't exactly a stud yet, and he needs to get his act together. I'm talking to you, Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes, you've got a chance this year to really prove something. Mike you get it together and you start making some hits and breaking up some passes, you'll be a stud. Let's take a look at the offensive line now. Actually, you know okay. what? Uh, a lot of guys you know, I think we're good. Football. I think we're good there. Great hearing from you, Randy. Yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll just. Oh, wow. We'll just, just we'll just. Randy we'll always goes there. out with a bang, Declan. We'll just, always goes out with a bang. He's getting a beer and a bump with Tommy Watkins, huh? I don't know that mm. that qualifies you for the stud stable. I mean, I'm just saying. Definitely, I'm just saying. I'm not sure qualifies one for the stud stable. If you can rip back a couple couple fireball shots with old Randy, you're in the stud stable. (laughs) For sure. Now we know what it takes to get in. All right. Any other? uh, Actually, we should talk about Josh Donaldson, who now has a calf injury. Yes, which is very concerning. Yeah, according to the Star Tribune, they did some research on Josh Donaldson's calf injury. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to credit the Star Tribune, huh? Can you go back to Score North, Saturday story? 
Did you, beat, did, did, you beat, did you beat the Star Tribune to the calf Because yeah, I Googled angle? Josh Donaldson and calf, and Declan helped me <laughs> yeah. out. Who, okay, how about say? Enough. It was a tag team effort Football. there. You know, let's credit our own, okay? Sports Dad and Sports Son Fair got Fair the enough. scoop. Scorenorth.com with the scoop. Scorenorth.com, yes, including uh, the Instagram post that Declan found from last week where Donaldson said, what, Dex, seven calf? He tore his calf seven times in the last two years. Both of them, he said. He said, my calves. I think it was a two-year period. calves. I think it was a two-year period in 17 and 18 because he missed extensive time in both years because of calf problems. He needs to spend some more time with Phil Mickelson, shaping those calves. Get that. Get the calf muscles working. Is that going to be your answer? Calf Phil. muscles working. Phil? Yeah, of course. Phil Mickelson constantly posting strong calf yeah, videos. Oh, yeah, he's got, the, he does, he's got the good calves. But he has, he has missed chunks of seasons because of little calf strains. So... Mm-hmm. Like, how optimistic are we that he's just going to be back in this pirate series? I am, oh, he's not. I am not. Is he out for a month? He's probably, probably. out for a month, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah. He, That's actually not that big of a deal because 16 teams make the playoffs. If, write, he's, if he's healthy for October, write I'm Write this down. It. He's going on the injured list. There is no, that's a, well, that's that, a single. That's, yeah. Well, I know, but I'm just saying he's going, on, he, he's going on that list, and my guess is he misses a month. And, yes, you are right, though. 16 teams and Keep in mind, too, he's 34, and this is a four-year contract. The last thing in the world, if you're the Twins and Donaldson, that you want is in a 60-game season to be like, well, we really went for it, and he ripped it. But it matters. All right, I know that I'm bringing the optimistic view here, but it matters much more if it's a problem in October. Like They have – I hate to jinx this, but 16 teams get in. They're in the playoffs right now. Like they started, if you start seven yes. and two, yes, they would have to completely train wreck to not make the playoffs. Declan's going too. I'm going. Yeah, so I'll be there. If they just make the playoffs yes. and he can get back for October and he does damage in October, then all but right, there's whatever. But there's no compelling case for him to to take any chances in 2020 to me at all. Like you got to be as careful as possible. Yeah, I mean he should take chances in October. If they get to October, he should take yeah. chances. This, this year, I don't know about that, man. It's a four, they can win the World Series. Year, I know that you don't think anything matters in sports this year. <laughs> no, sports is fun this year. I, Judd, I'm four, celebrating. It's it. a four year contract with the goal of winning a World Series. If you can right. win a World Series this year, then he needs to play yep. in October. Yep. If he has to hobble around the bases like Kirk Gibson and DH, here's my goal. He should. Well, here's my goal. Nelson Cruz can play first, World, and Sano can play third. World Series championship 2021. That's when I'd rush him. 2021. But they can win a World Series this year. Yeah, and it's going to be a feel-good story, and it's great. 2021 is the real World Series. No, it's not. <laughs> You're not going to get me to back off this. Teams, are going, to, teams are going to be dropped out. I mean, they, we, are, we have seen, if, if, if God willing, we get through this entire year for baseball, and I have my doubts, we have seen the too. tip of the iceberg. There are going to be teams, I think, that they're going to have to send home. So like, we're so not going to consider this to be real. Okay, but let's... It's a great twin. So team. you're it's telling fun. me, you're telling me, if let's say we get to, let's say they are, it's Game Seven of the ALCS against the Yankees, and he can okay? pinch it. That's fine. And he has been saying for two weeks up to that point, it's like October fifteenth, and he's saying, guys, I feel great. I've been taking live swings. Oh, then if he's fine, yeah, I feel great. Yeah, I'm gonna play. Then so, yes, okay. I just want to clarify. No, but if but if but if he comes back in the playoffs and tweaks it. They can't say, let's take a chance. Ordinarily, you might, but in this case, this year, I don't yeah. think you can. Yeah, like, don't bring him back until he feels like he can But run yes, if he comes field. back and says, I'm fine, then yeah, play him. Okay. I just don't, We're on the same page. Though. I don't want to do page. something that would be considered dangerous or stupid on a guy who is not exactly a kid and has a 
four-year contract and who I think you do have a real chance if things go back to how they should be in 2021, you've got a real chance to win a World Series in a 162-game season. I think the That's bigger question is, like, why do his calves blow out every five seconds? That's a like, concern. Why has this been a problem for him? And that's the last what, few years. He referenced that in the Instagram post because it was him getting the Comeback Player of the Year award when the Twins had their home opener against St. Louis last week. And, you know, so he was thanking all these people that got him back to this place. And it was a doctor he named in the Instagram post that said, thank you for... Uh, and it was actually it was another athlete that pointed him in the direction Larry of Larry Fitzgerald this doctor. Jr. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald of the Cardinals was the one who pointed him yes. to the doctor. bad caps too. I he might have. <laughs> well, he's just really smart too. He yeah. probably just. But but yes, it's it's that's a good question as to why he's had problems consistently. And there was nothing that he did in Friday's game that led you to believe that looked weird. Yeah, he just felt some sort of a twinge. Yeah, he felt a twinge like and got better, pulled. Better that and said, than I'm to- done. Oh, I got one more thing, too. Sure. Can we give... (laughs) Football. Can we give this guy... And again, it's it's not for his work at the plate. It's not as sexy. But can we please start to credit Jorge Polanco for being a pretty good shortstop? Jorge Polanco, so far this year, and the shifting helps him, but so far this year has made just about every play he's supposed to make look routine. Yeah. And, and, I mean, how long have we been saying, oh, his throwing is a concern and he's not that good and it's blah, 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 he can hit. Uh, this guy in the field has turned himself into far more than serviceable. Yeah, he's not Ozzie turned, Smith. But no, he's, but he's turned himself into a very nice shortstop. Yeah, and that that's also something that, like, that can happen. He's 26 years old. He's not 32 Justin Morneau was a butcher at first base when he first came up. Yep. Corey Koski was a butcher at third base when he first came up. And I would venture to say Brian Dozier wasn't the best defensive second baseman. Like, no. these guys get better as they go along. And for Jorge Polanco to be in his mid-20s only, like, there's definitely ways to improve your throwing mm-hmm. or first just, step. like, making making that extra routine play once every two weeks that costs you an error. Um, I actually have one more Twins-related thing as well, but yes. it's not as much breaking football. it down like football. It's reacting to some comments from a former twin in just a second. Also, the Wild took a one nothing lead on Vancouver. So just hang around for a minute here while we thank Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's been here in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years helping business owners. And they've been helping business owners through this pandemic period, too, since March with written pandemic response plans, HR policies, and all kinds of other trusted resources. So if you're looking for an insurance company with a ton of experience, and and reference points and and you're looking for just a helping hand to stand behind you federated is here to help they measure their success by the success of their clients and so you can partner with federated at federatedinsurance.com where you can find your local representative remember at federated mutual insurance company it's our business to protect yours so all right sportingnews.com had this full write up and they took some excerpts from the San Diego Union Tribune mm-hmm. Brian Dozier Former twin Brian Dozier. Never played a regular season game for the Padres, but the veteran second baseman still holds a grudge against the Padres franchise, which signed him to, I believe it was a minor league contract this spring. And he was, either way, he was trying to make the Padres team uh, out of spring training. The Padres cut him recently. Dozier expected to crack the club's opening day roster after signing with San Diego in the offseason. He was instead cut during summer camp and signed to a minor league contract by the Mets. 
It seems he won't soon forget his short stint with the Padres because he feels the organization tricked him. Whoa. Quote from Brian Dozier, I'm a big transparency guy. Mm. I like people to be honest with me. That wasn't the case over there in San Diego. I had to get out of there. Well, wasn't really his choice. Had to go. <laughs> you I'll, had to be released. I'll leave, I'll leave it at that, he said. Padres manager Jace Tingler told reporters he doesn't know why Dozier feels the way that he does. Quote, we pride ourselves on being transparent, on being honest. We wish him nothing but the best of luck over there. I can't speak to the way he feels, according to the San Diego Union-Tribune. Worth noting, Dozier is now the backup second baseman for the Mets. He was on their major league roster as of late last week. He had played in one game on Thursday last week. Two at-bats, a strikeout, and a ground ball double play. So I'll set this up by telling you guys that the Twins front office has been right about a lot of things since Derek Falvey and Thad Levine have took over. The wins and losses sort of are the result of the things they've been right about, but they've built the most prolific home run hitting team in baseball history last year. They've transformed Taylor Rogers and Tyler Duffy into two of the best relievers in baseball. They've brought in some great veteran players that we've talked about already on the show today. Nelson Cruz, Josh Donaldson, Romo, Clippard. So they've been right about all these things. But the thing that they might have been the most right about in their four years here is not giving Brian Dozier a $15 million a year contract extension or whatever it would have been had they done this in 2018. Over his past 300 games, Brian Dozier is batting 225, dating back to 2017. His power has dropped off. His speed has declined. Takes his shirt off a lot, though. He's most known probably for getting blasted at the World Series parade. National World Series. National uh, celebration. He was really, really good for three or four years with the Minnesota Twins. He had 40 home runs. He was in his prime. And I think the Twins front office from Dozier and from the fans took a lot of heat. Well, why wouldn't you re-sign this guy? Cheap poll ads, right? Mm -hmm. And they looked and they saw somebody that they thought was a... um, Maybe not the leader that he had portrayed himself to be. Just like something like he he was really quick to throw the front office under the bus publicly about certain things while they were trying to build something early on. Mm-hmm. And and I and I I like Brian Dozier, but he's one of the least clutch hitters in all of baseball. If you look statistically, late and close situations, according to Baseball Reference, his career average is two oh four with a six forty three OPS in blowout games. His OPS rises by 250 points. The Twins looked at all these different things and said, I know that you guys love him and he's in his prime, but we can't sign him. And now he's getting cut by the Padres and he's a backup with the Mets. And so they were right about Brian Dozier. I've said my piece. Absolutely. Well, and and I think the key thing with Dozier and the Twins team that uh, Felvey inherited was this, and I've got names for you. And some were brought in by um, Derek Lance Lynn Lomo. Who was the relief pitcher? Who was a complete Edison horses? Reed. Yes, horses bleep. Now Brian Dozier didn't fit into the camp of being a bad guy. No, but I but I think it became very apparent early on, not just to the Twins but to Mackie and Judd, that Brian Dozier was was thought he was something he was not. And and the thing that I give the Twins credit for is think about now, off the field entirely, the chemistry with that team. Like the veterans, the guys who are going to speak up, um, Cruz and Donaldson and Hill probably. Think about Marwin. He probably doesn't speak up, but he carries a ton of street cred, right? Like they, they have run behind the scenes a chemistry experiment that's really damn impressive and good. 
And Dozier, from, from the second that, that Tory Hunter retired, and Dozier basically said, my team now. And even, Phil, you and me said, no, that's not how this really works, dude. I, that doesn't mean you can't be good, but you can't just go into a clubhouse and say, my team, I'm Tory now. Um, I, I think the Twins, from the experiment of the year that they brought in that disgruntled bunch, really learned a lot about the importance, not just of on the field, not just about the statistics, but really the behind-the-scenes chemistry. And you know what, guys? Lance Lynn in Texas is great. He's lights out. Mm-hmm. And you know who I wouldn't take back no matter what? Lance Lynn. Yes. So so the Twins with guys like Dozier on and on and on from a year or so, I think learned a ton about what the importance of people is and the chemistry of those people. And what's the old cliche? Sometimes it's the bets that you don't make that are actually the best bets. Yep. And, you know, just to just to give you sort of a an apples to apples comparison here, a couple of years before Derek Falvey and Thad Levine took over, Terry Ryan's last stint as general manager, which was a great first stint and the second stint was kind of a train wreck. And part of the reason his second stint was a train wreck is because Phil Hughes had a great first season, a three year contract, twenty one million dollars or whatever it was. And and Phil Hughes has a great first season of that contract. And rather than just like. Let's let's make him prove it for a second year here. This is a guy that has not strung together back-to-back great seasons. He's been a disappointment to this point in his career, and he had his career season. Let's let him play year two of a three-year contract and see what happens. They were quick to give him two more years and more money per year, like five more million dollars per year, yes. and it blew up in their faces as one of the worst contracts in franchise history. Uh, they just they jumped the gun. They weren't looking at the right analytics. They just like they weren't patient enough. And on the flip side. All of the evidence would have pointed you going into 2018, like Brian Dozier going into 2018, just back of the baseball card numbers here, was one of the best infield hitters in all of baseball. 42 home runs, 34 home runs, scoring over 100, driving in over 90, stealing 15 to 20 bases, you know, top 15 in MVP voting, had an all-star season in 2015, like everything was there. And they said, I don't know. And he was in his prime. Yes. And they said, I don't know, um, it's not, uh, not, not feeling it for $15, $20 million a year. Like the obvious choice would have been, oh, you got, this, is the, this is the face of the franchise. You have to extend him. And they were going to trade him no matter what I felt like that yes. year. He was and, gone. And they, and they decided, and they were right. They decided that they just didn't see him playing at that level for another four or five years. And they just didn't see him as part of the right. resurgence of the franchise. I don't think he fit. So I really don't think he fit. And now Luis Arias is a better player. Luis Arias, who makes a lot less money than Dozier would have if they had signed into a contract extension. And Luis Arias was not on our radar at all nope. in 2018. And you know who, who his teammates love? Luis Arias. Luis Arias. Arias. That's yes. a cl- that that clubhouse is really good. Yeah, I mean, you've like, got it's really great well combina- constructed. Great combination of veterans who know what they're doing with credibility, who also perform well, and and young guys who are allowed to express themselves and be themselves yep. and lead also in certain ways. Yep. So I uh, just wanted to point that out about Doge. You Our know, guy Doge. Dozier is uh, is with the Mets. By the way, nice guy. It's kind of a bad look. I said this on Twitter and got chirped at by a bunch of people. I just think it's a bad look. You got chirped on Twitter? I know, shocking. Really? Are you sure? <laughs> Surprising. I know. People like you. I know. Some people do. Most people don't on Twitter. But, like, I just, when those quotes came out, it's like, dude, you haven't, 
you can shut these people out, like whether it's front offices or fans. Like if you hit, you're hitting two twenty five over your last three hundred games, yeah, and your power's down, and and he probably has reasons, and I'm sure there's some injury things in there too. But ultimately, it's your job to shut people up and prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. It just I think it's a bad look for him to be chirping the Padres front office. Whether the Padres were maybe sort of shady in this or not, dude. Like until you perform again, like it just would, sounds petty. But he he was brought in on a uh, minor league contract, as you said. I mean, it, it, was, it was a make it the was, team deal. It wasn't like they gave him a four year deal and screwed him. Yeah, it was basically a show up and try and make our club, and he didn't. So my sense is, and this is just my opinion and my reading the tea leaves, he goes into that and he's kind of, I think in his mind, he's kind of like, well, dude, I, I've hit almost two hundred career home right. runs. Why am I? And it's the Padres. Why am I trying to compete for a job? Right. I think he's sort of insulted by the notion that he'd have to compete for a job. And then when they say, yeah, I don't know, we took a look at you and ah, we're just going to go with this other guy. There's, you know, let's go back to the gap between reality and expectations. I think there's a wide gap there for Doge at this point. I don't think he sees things as they truly are a lot of times. That's fair. I think he sees things as as they as they work through his world, which is, well, I watched Tory lead, so now I can lead. Yeah. Oh, no, Tori has intangibles that, you know, 95% of the people on the face of this earth don't have, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. So I, I hope he, I honestly hope he has a resurgence. He's only 33. Oh, he's I with hope the he Mets now. He's totally screwed, Phil. I know. The Mets the are Mets, a complete mess. Mets. Cespedes just disappeared and then quit. How about that? He's like, didn't tell he anyone. Showed. He called his agent and said, you, I'm out. you call the GM. I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm done with this. He told players on Saturday night, <laughs> see ya. It's been fun. He never told the GM or manager, I'm done. So hilarious. Uh, so, all right. So that's breaking down the Twins like they are a football team. But the Twins and United, which is now in the semifinals, and the Lynx are playing well. There's another team What's that was back last What's night. Going on? Another team that was back last night. Overall for the season, number 10. And they score right off the draw. The Wild on the board first with a power play goal. Tried to center. It's back to Spurgeon. He scores! Minnesota. Trying to grab a one-game-to-none lead, and this should do it. An empty net goal for Jared Spurgeon, his second goal of the night. The Wild had won just two of 13 game ones in franchise history. Haven't had a 1-0 lead in the series since 2015. But this should seal this one. And there it is, gentlemen. one nothing series lead on the Canucks. Now, LaPanta, in his call there, he had said this is the first time they've taken a series lead in some time. Are we counting this as a series lead? Yeah. Like how, do, how do we quantify they're this? Count, they're counting. The league is counting this as um, as you made the playoffs, okay? So I think so are you, these playoff stats, then? So, so I think you have to consider this to be the playoffs. And, and the regular season stats have been are done. Are done. So, yes, this is going to have to be playoff stats. Okay. But, I mean, if you want to contest that, I'm not going to debate you. Yeah, I so mean, like if you if you want to say that's BS, that's a fraud, Judd. Your sport's a fraud. I'm not going to say no, no, no. This is a playoff series. It's just a qualifying it's, round. It's, it's just fun. It's a little fraudulent fun, yeah. in that someone's going to probably break some sort of playoff scoring record, sure. and there's going to be like seven extra games, sure or whatever. Uh, yeah. So you're correct. So my question for you guys, Judd's Hockey Show, which you can also find on Apple, Spotify, <laughs> Scrunt.com, or as part of the Mackie and Judd podcast. And feed. by the way, we are tired. 
today. Definitely. I'm not. I'm yeah, good. These games are all starting at nine. Well, Declan's but Declan peaks at nine thirty yeah, p.m. I, yeah. Well, he's a youngster. I'm yeah, fifty. This is great. I'm a man. I'm fifty. <laughs> I am exhausted. I love nine thirty start. I was done after Spurgeon's first goal. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, man. I gotta, I gotta be done with this. Um, I was just tired. I get tired at like ten thirty. So if these games start at nine thirty, I'm probably I'm probably gonna have to watch in the morning. But my question for you guys is, they're up one nothing. Yes. Is this good or bad? You guys, now that we're actually into this series, and all of us agreed, like go for the twelve and a half percent chance at the number one pick. If you lose the series, you're in the lottery. Right. Okay. Now that they're up one nothing and they're playing played pretty well last night. I- Goaltending was there. I want them to have the chance, the 12.5% chance at that draft pick, okay? The first pick, I want that. But that being said, I believe my last stance on this, and I will stay consistent, is this. It's really a win-win. If you get bounced, you know what? You might get Lafreniere in the first pick, and it might be a transformational player. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. If you don't, and and you beat the Canucks, and then go to the first round, and keep in mind, once you get to the, the... opening round, technically, of the playoffs. It's going to be um, seven-game series again, you guys. It's going to be experience for, well, let me go through the list. Fiala, Donato, Staylock, uh, Brodine. Spur- so what's the lose here? I, I really believe that it's a win-win. You lose, you might get the first pick. That'd be awesome. You win, guys. guys who need to play, keep playing. And plus... The one thing is, if you win, and Dex and I have talked about this a bunch, but if you win, what I want to see is is the style that you're playing sustainable for an extended period of time. Because I'm just curious. I'm curious because it's up-tempo. It's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But, you know, can Koivu, Stahl? Co- Co- Coyle? Granlund? Can they, <laughs> Zucker? Can, Zuccarello? <laughs> can they play that style for an extended period of time without tiring? Havlitt? So, oh, God, oh, no, please, God, stop. Uh. Heatley, no! Um, Vanek? So, De- so Dex, my, my opinion is if they lose, okay. If they win, okay. Yep. It's a and no- that was fun last night, it's too. It's a no-lose situation for the Wild. I really, are you, We're all in the boat of, all right, sweet, if you get that number one overall pick, 12.5% chance, that's great. Well, can I also be the guy out of the same argument that says, even if you have it, you still have an 87.5% chance of not Getting that first overall pick, can I play that card right here? And, it's a fair card to play. And the Wild looked really good last night. And that Vancouver team, I think in years to come, is going to be probably with the Wild and or better than the Wild. They have a lot of good young pieces. They they are they have a lot of good young top six forwards. They have a great goaltender in Markstrom. But I don't think they're all mentally there yet. And the Wild skated circles around them for the majority of that game last night. And I think if the Wild can continue to do this, it's only going to be good things in Minnesota sports. So... If they go up 2 nothing on Tuesday, I think it's a kill shot. I, I don't see the Wild then blowing three straight games. If they win game two, this series is over. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it already kind of feels just based on the way. And I again, I watched the first two periods last night. Vancouver, this is one of the rare times where I'm watching a Wild game this season outside of like the last five games of before COVID where I thought, boy, they just like outskated a team or they were just like outworking a team. There were, I, would, I feel like most of the time in the first two periods, Five on five looked like a power play for Minnesota in a lot of different ways. They were so. Um, I, here's how I've pivoted. I my first choice would be the number one overall pick. I, I want the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. They've never had it. They've they've just rarely had top draft picks. So that would be awesome. I also want all the COVID titles. 
<laughs> oh, you want to take? We are home? setting up for COVID title mania here in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota United is in the semifinals of the MLS's back tournament. Give, yeah. give me the COVID Cup. They're also if they if they fire up the regular season, they're also one of the top three or four teams just in general in the MLS. Yep. The Lynx are tied for the best record in the WNBA right now, off to a three and one start. Give me that COVID title too. Yeah, you're the right. Twin, the Twins are going to win the COVID World Series. I've been telling you that now for the last few weeks. And the which wi- is going to be like two teams total in the playoffs at the rate yeah. we're on. And you know what? The Wild aren't cer- certainly aren't favored to win the Stanley Cup coming through all of these different potential rounds and where they're at seating wise and roster wise. But yep. hey, if you get in and you're hot and there's this is weird, like the NBA and the NHL dynamics have changed. Nikola Jokic, big man for the Denver Nuggets, that dude lost like 20 pounds during this COVID period. And he's a different player than he was in March. So it's like dynamics of teams are just different. And so if a team like the wild decides we're going to get in, we're going to beat the Canucks. We're going to get in and we're just going to do some damage here because we care more than these other five teams or whoever else you might face. Correct. Um, I'm here for all the COVID championships. That's what I'm saying. You are seeing uh, teams in all sports that clearly have the dynamic of, I want to go home. Like you are seeing teams play games and, and with the, Canucks in, in game one, that's just one game. So I'm not sure. The Wild played a really good game and smart game. The Canucks did not. So I can't pass that judgment yet, but I will say that the more that you watch games, there are definitely teams that can't wait for 2020 to be done. The Minnesota teams, to their credit, yeah. seem to be embracing this cluster bleep, don't they? It is. And like the Twins especially feel like, because there's no bubble, and so it's like it just comes down to, in baseball, who's personally responsible? Are you going to strip clubs? Right. Are you going out casinos, on the road? Casinos, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, it's fun. You know, in hockey, you're stuck in Edmonton, and you're just in a hotel, and you're going to your bubble and coming back. In the NBA, you're at Disney World. But you're, and, but you're still stuck there. That's mm-hmm. the key is, do you want to be stuck? Yeah. Cause, cause you know Are what? you embracing being stuck? If I'm on a team, and, and, I'm, and my team's good, but I happen to hate my teammates... And I love my wife and kids. I want out. <laughs> yeah. And the bubble might be the greatest thing of all time. I got my Xbox. I got my 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 gaming. Blah blah blah. But you know what? If I don't like my teammates, I might be like, I don't really want to be you, here. Chemistry means so much. And think about if you're one of these players. I mean, the Marlins didn't really have a, cho- a shot, anyways. But it was the Cardinals player that went to a casino, right? Was it one player? There's reportedly, yes. Yeah, some Cardinals players went to. I think two went to a casino. But yes. And by the way, that's so surprising because the Cardinals and their fans always do the right thing and play the game yeah. the right way. And Model organization. What a shock. I know Rami very upset about this because yeah. he loves the Cardinals especially. But could you imagine if you go into this thing and everyone says, all right, we're going to we're gonna live life differently. We're going to be disciplined. We have a chance if we can just yes. keep COVID out of this clubhouse. We have a chance to do some damage. And some idiot goes off to the casino. You know, like, A, why did he go off to the casino? What is the clubhouse bad? Is he an idiot? Well, I can tell. Is, yeah, I was going to say I can tell you if you really want to know why. Because yeah, he's an idiot. Right. But that's the, he's a selfish idiot. idiot. But if everyone kind of bands together and says, "Hey, we're going to go do this thing, and um, and we're going to be all in," maybe that's what you see with the wild. So here, here's the, the stat on first rounds. So the league used this preliminary round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is a, a best of five from 1980 to 86, and the team that won Game One at that time. Went on to win the series 87.5% of the time, yeah. 49 of 56. And, and now, back then, some of that was one versus like a 16. So it was just a bad team playing a good team. Yeah. But yeah, last last night felt like a tone-setting first step 
to the Canucks being like, hey, it's been fun. See you yeah. later, right? <laughs> and and here's the thing. Here's the thing that encouraged me last night. I feel like I've seen last night's game, gentlemen, several times before. I really do. Deja vu. The only difference? The Wild ordinarily seem to play the role of the Canucks, right? Like, you got some talent, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, my team's got a shot here. And then they come out, and they get frustrated, and they do dumb things, and they run around yeah. a little bit, and you're like, what are you doing? This is the least pressure they've had since 2003 going into, like, there's just no expectations for the Wild right now. And they've got yeah. enough talent to maybe make some noise. I like it. Um, is it correct that the, the game tonight is, or I'm sorry, tomorrow night is uh, is game two? Mm-hmm. It's on USA Network? Am right. I reading this right? And Fox Sports North. Oh, no, but but na- oh, yeah. nationally yeah, televised, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. running these games on USA Network. NBCSN is has some. USA Network has some. Interesting. Okay. NBC has has some. So yeah, yeah, that's probably true. All right. Uh, Nine forty-five puck drop. Are, are you happy? Yes. Are you happy, Declan? Yes. I hate you for this. Nine forty-five oh, is it. ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. Nine forty-five yeah. on a Tuesday night. I had too many. I need claws my eight hours on Friday, Saturday. So I was I was a bitters and ginger ale guy yesterday. You know what? In my recovering. You got that's a great point. Full disclosure, boys. So, pandemic, I was a derelict. Like, I gained way too much weight, and it was not because I ate too much. It was all beer, right? I just, because it's like, I'm bored. What am I going to do? I'm going to put on the TV and drink beers. Surly's, which I love them, but they're probably not the best. Since the Twins started their homestand last Tuesday against the Cardinals. I have not had a sip of alcohol. You're down like 20 pounds. And I've probably lost, I'm not kidding you, eight pounds, and I feel great. I realized I need sports not to be a derelict. I actually, this is going to sound ridiculous. So I stopped drinking. I drink like one beer a month. I love beer, but I just get so tired, and it weighs me down. I gain weight. So when I drink, it's seltzers. Sometimes it's hard alcohol with like a little mixer, of non-sugar mixer. And uh, I would say during COVID, I was averaging, averaging like two or three drinks a day yeah. for for a month. Yes. 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 And I sort of just justified it by saying, well, it's once in a lifetime. We're, we're trying to lay low and what, whatever. And not to mention, like, we went through a ton of crap here at Score North on May 1st. <laughs> whatever. Like, I'm not going to do this the rest of my life. Yes, sir. And so we made the decision because we would always like we live close to a liquor store. Just go grab a couple cases of claw, have them in there, sip them, you know, at night you know, before we go to bed, whatever. Um, or just like at 10 o'clock in the morning before. You know, I'm just kidding. Um, what are they right by uh, the bed? Yeah, they're just it's a case. Hey, we have a, we hey, have a fridge honey, under the bed. I, great. I woke up to one by my bed on Saturday night that I did not remember putting there. <laughs> That's a true story. That happened on Saturday. But we have not had anything in our fridge. We've made a pact like three weeks ago. We said. Let's just not have any, let's just not put seltzers in our fridge because they're so easy just to pound and sip. Let's just keep them out of the fridge. And so I have drastically cut down my COVID drinking in the last three weeks. And it feels good great. It's yeah. great. It does. It does it feel good. Great. It also felt great to, to drink as much as I was for that period, too. I'm not ashamed of it. Life happens. I miss it, but I don't mind. I, I don't miss being bloated. And feeling like Elvis circa 1977. Your face does look a little thinner. Yeah, you look lie. good, Judd. Looking pretty good. Oh, I was so bloated. <laughs> I, I I was. Have a, have a, have a blue <laughs> Christmas without you. Hey, who's got my bu- button goes flying? Yeah. Who's bing, got bing. my peanut butter and banana sandwich, baby? <laughs> and give me another surly while you're at it. Amazing. Hey, do you have random season recall ready to rock here? Oh, yeah. All right, oh, let's, yeah, let's do. do some random season recall. Oh, that's the wrong button. That's okay. <laughs> the wild's still celebrating. 
All right, every Monday on the show here, Declan brings a random Minnesota sports season to the table. We call this Random Season Recall on Mackie and Judd, where he quizzes us about, like I said, random seasons from the past. So, uh, Declan, what do, you, what do you got for us this time well, around? Well, the Wild are back, so we're going to go back to the 2001-2002 Minnesota Wild. Oh, my god! Judd Zolgad, you're going to have some fun here. Actually, you know, Phil this Mackey. Like expansion Wild. I think you can answer some of these questions. This is year two? This is year this two, is year right? two of the Minnesota Wild. Pellerin, O'Donnell. Oh, my God. But this is Andy not... Andy Laxanen? Yeah, exactly. Andy Laxanen. All right. The Iron Man. Okay, sorry. So, mm-hmm. we're, we'll go within five here, but how many wins... Did the Minnesota Wild have? Because there was losses, there was ties, there was. Yeah, that's, ties we're not. We're not going to go down that oh, road. Um, How many wins did the 2001-2002 Minnesota Wild finish with? It's not. Is it thirty something? Is it thirty or lower? They probably t- okay. Let's do some math. They okay. probably tied ten times. They probably tied yeah. ten to fifteen. And they times. were. And they were. So 2000, 2000 2001 was the expansion year. This is their so, second year before they went to the playoffs. Yeah. So if you had, let's say you take, let's say you take uh, fourteen, t- and it's a Jacques Lemaire system, which usually means more ties. So I'm going to say, yeah, and they weren't as bad as they could have been. For actually, for bonus points, can I guess the number of ties? Sure. Like it. Fourteen ties. <sighs> Close. Twelve. Oh, oh whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> he did, he did, we did call the rule of five. Pretty he wanted good. the normal. No, ones. I know, but good. that's re- that's that's really good. So they probably so won. They had seventy nine ties. So so five hundred would have been thirty five, thirty five. So they were so probably they, they're way below that. They probably won twenty some odd games then, right? 20, probably twenty five. That's fine. Twenty five. That's fine. Twenty five, forty, and twelve, or twenty six. How about twenty six? Just to hedge. Twenty six. Yeah. Yes! 26 wins for your 2000 Oh! Mr. Mr. Mackey's Hockey Mr. Show. 26 Woo! wins! Mackey's right. Hockey Show. Jacques Lemaire Bobo, and we didn't even know it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. You know who just came back for the first time in five years on the show? The Hockey Whisperer. Hockey Whisperer. You know when the hockey whisperer only makes appearances? It's not the time of year as far as the actual months. It's the time of year as far as the actual format. Playoff, Playoff time. time. That's the only time we see the damn whisperer. Playoff time. The hockey whisperer made his debut. It was the Avalanche Wild Series. You called the Niederreiter call. Ga- game call. seven. You called it. It was, uh, it was about 10 hours before game seven, and the hockey whisperer said, He's feeling an overtime game winner by Nino Niederreiter in mm. Game Seven tonight. <laughs> Danny Heatley's you proudest seen, moment. You should have seen the hockey whisper in his living room when he found out that it was Nino Niederreiter who. Oh. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't because I have serious question about if the whisper had pants on after that call. <laughs> All right, next question: uh, Who led the team in points in 2001, 2002? Oh boy. Okay, so that would have been You had. To or be. who was the veteran? Why is he asking this question if it's Gabrick? <laughs> this is a trick question. Like it's it, might not, it might not have been. No, I'm. I it's got to be Gabby. It's part of the. St- it's part of the ordinary questions that we get for random season recall. So yeah, let's say Gabrick. Nope, not Marion Gabrick. Got another guess. This is all you. Hockey Whisperer has done his. <laughs> He's done his, his part job. for random. Two thousand one, two thousand two. Walls was on. That. Oh, um, Bruno. There you go. Andrew Brunette with a nice 69 points for the Minnesota Wild in 2001-2002. What what did Gabrick have that year? Uh, Gabrick had like 67. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and, and Brunette games. played just a few more games. Yep. All right. Next question. Yep. So nine players on this team had double-digit goals. Now, I'm not going to ask you to name all nine because that would be absurd. Thank you. But can you name five of them? Yeah. The, I feel like the the early, Gabbard. like the 2000, well, the early 2000s wild were a lot like some of those twins teams where mm-hmm. in the steroid era where they'd have like, Coomer had 15 home runs. They never had like a 40-goal score. Yeah. Gabrick did, it, I guess, a couple times. But All right, so Gabrick, Brunette. Brunette. I'm trying to just remember some of the names off that team. Um Trying to think of some of the other Walls would have been on that team, I believe, but would he have had double yeah, digit he had, goals? Yeah, he could score. He could score a little bit. Okay, West Walls. That's one. Yeah. You go so we have three, right? So yep. Gabrick. Gabrick, Burnett, Walls. Yep. Yeah. So we need six more. No, no, no. We, that was three. So you need to just need, give me two more. Two more. I, 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 there's nine total. Five of the nine. I'm just asking oh, you, you want give me five. five. Oh, but if wow. you want, if you no, want, no, 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 no. I can't I mean, even remember nine guys off that team. You should be able to get two more. Yeah. All right. Who else? Judge should be able to get two more, anyways. Antti Laxanen was on that team. Was, Will, was Willie Mitchell on that team? Did he score enough? Did they trade him? He wouldn't have scored enough to get double digits, I don't think. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to think of the defenseman on that team who actually had some points. I think Lubomir Sekeresh, I think. Great <laughs> blast from the past. Maybe Kuba was on that team. But I don't remember defensively who would have who would have driven points. I think Laxanen was on that team. Jim Dowd was on that team. But Dowd was more of a defensive face-off guy, I think, than Walls was. Who were some of the other wingers? Um, I mean, Pierre Marc Bouchard was he? No, he wasn't around yet. He, I, don't. I think he got drafted that year, but he yeah, wasn't he there. he was not there yet because he he was uh, he was coming up during the playoff run in two thousand three. Yeah, and played a thing. Where did Koivu start? Uh, it would after this. Yeah, Koivu yeah, because he was in Houston. Oh, about Darby Hendrickson, he would have he would have scored a couple goals, right? Hmm. He was on that team. Okay, Darby. Nine goals for Darby. Nine goals for Darby. Hockey whisperer. Um, so you have three. You, you, you've named a bunch of people, but you haven't given me a definitive guesses on the other. Laxanen. You know. Yes. Okay. That's sixteen. So that's. Yeah. F- so give me one more. <laughs> the iron. The, Just, the, the you you iron had a pretty man. good list going there. Yeah. They're all, they all scored eleven uh, goals. So they're... Jim Dowd. Yes. Yeah, there it is. Thirteen goals. Jim so, Dowd. All nine of those. Don't listen to Phil. We got it. <laughs> yeah. All okay. nine of those players were Gabrick with thirty. Brunette, 21. Joltak, 19. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti Laxon in 16. Pascal Dupuis. Dupuis. 15. Mm. Jim Dowd, 13. Wes Walls, 10. Richard Park, 10. And then Stacy Rosette oh. with 10. I was going to guess Richard Park. Who? Remember Stacy Rosette? You remember him? Sounds like a girl who went to my high school. No. 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 Well, he, that also could have happened. I, I can't. Stacy Rosette? Yeah. No, I have no. Oh, my God. A wild no. legend, man. I, wow. Yeah. Whoa. I must have killed way too many brain cells. <laughs> Pandemic's gotten me. Couple more here. Uh, four players served as captains that year because Jacques Lemaire liked to rotate his captains. Bombardier's one of them. Wow. The bomber. Brad Bombardier's one. Nope. No. No. Whoa. 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 Oh, I'm throwing. Oh, I- I'm. S- Three that are, are fairly obvious. One that's I think you won't get. Okay. Wall- Walls has to Walls, be Dowd. Are those guesses? Yeah. Yes, Walls and Dowd. Walls, no. Walls didn't get to... Dowd, yes. Whoa, Jacques didn't make Walls a not, captain not for us? No, 102. That's BS. Wow. Wes, Wes, if you're listening, what happened? Huge disappointment. You got one of the four so far. Yeah, that's not good. Bombardier, we did wasn't one. Boy. 
So he a, did a, a, I, I got nothing for you he, here. <laughs> nothing. You're just sitting there shaking your head. I nothing. I gave you the exact you, win you, total okay. and said, Dowd. I let off the game with a home run, and now yeah. it's up to you to you score did. the other two or three. Uh, okay, <laughs> Dowd is one that I got right. Bruno? Yeah. yeah. And you said there was four. Yep, so you need two more. One that's... That is pretty obvious. One that I mean, I'll be shocked if you remember this Dar- player. Darby. Wait. Okay. Here's a question. Could oh, it be Darby. like? Could it be Manny Fernandez? No. Ca- um. Goaltenders aren't captains. The o- is that just like a room rule or is it? It's a. It's a. I think it's a rule rule because goaltenders are supposed to. Or I'm sorry, captains are supposed to be able to address the officials. Okay. And goaltenders can't. That's fair. The the Canucks named Roberto Luongo a captain a few years back, and I think that's the only time in my lifetime that they've that a team's okay. tried to name a captain from a goaltender. Um, boy, I'm struggling here. I'm struggling. Um, and I've already got like six wrong. Now he's now he's shaking at the plate. Oh yeah, well now I'm confidence. I'm is... in the corner. I'm I'm been staggered by the punches from Declan here. You're Byron Buxton after swinging and missing and some sliders. And now your confidence did is. Did you shook. did you see yesterday's performance? Was... He'll be fine. No, I'm it's okay. Calm down, <laughs> everyone. Calm down. Um. So there's one more that's obvious? Yeah, one more that's obvious and another one. Forward or defenseman? Defenseman, that's obvious. Okay, so was was Mitchell there by then? I don't know. It's a, it's a Willie Mitchell era. Mitchell. Boy, I, we have to tap out of yeah, this question. Yep, let's tap out. Philippe Kuba? Oh, oh yeah, no. Man. And then this one, I don't think anyone would ever. Brad Brown. Brad Brown. Brad oh yeah, Brad Brown. I think he played for oh, yeah. the Rangers. Oh, yeah, Brad Brown. I do remember him. I that Stacy. I don't remember him at all. This is this is tough. Anytime you're dealing with expansion teams, too, yeah. there's just so many rotating pieces. Well, it's, it's great for random season recall because it's just mm-hmm. great factoids. We right, like last, to call it fluid. Last yeah. one here. Yeah. How many penalty minutes did Matt Johnson accumulate in the 2001-02 season? The Wild's first enforcer. If you were within ten. Within oh ten my minutes, God. that's in, that's in. If we can get within ten, and that's and he fought a lot he back fought then, a lot. Okay, so uh, in that era, and the reason I know that the, I I can I can get us to the ballpark is I yeah. played one year of fantasy hockey in my life. You did? It was oh one oh two. Oh, this is an I didn't know. I that. played one year of fantasy hockey oh one oh two. Okay. And I remember penalty minutes were part of the statistics in our fantasy hockey league. Okay. And by the way, I won the league. I won the wow. league. Why'd you quit? Um, why don't you? I think because we went off to college or something. Why don't you and, keep watching hockey? That's a good question. Why didn't this launch your enough, love so that you could be on, <laughs> on Judd's hockey show at uh, three a.m. like Declan and I were last? I night. remember. I believe a young Martin Saint Louis was one of my big scoring oh, players yeah. that year. Yep. So um, love it. The top fighters and the top enforcers would generate close to I think three hundred penalty minutes okay. in the season. They would average like three to four minutes a game. Okay. Um, and the ones that weren't quite top tier, like spend an hour in the box, would be more in the one hundred, like the one hundred fifty to two hundred minute uh, range. He was a top level enforcer. So the question is, do you think he was over two hundred minutes? Yes. So it's probably like it's probably like two fifty to three hundred somewhere in there. I don't know. We got to get within ten, which is really hard. Ballpark it two sixty something. Two sixty five. Okay. Way off. Is it, it's like, was it's it? actually lower. Oh. He only played in 60 games. He wasn't forced. So he was oh, I feel, like, I feel like you should have told us the amount of games so we could okay. have done the math. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I, fe- I feel like Fine. we were misled here. Fine. 60 games played. Took us down a path we didn't like. He also scored four goals, but 
How many penalty minutes for Matt Johnson in 60 games played? Okay, so 60 games. He only averaged seven minutes of ice time that season. <laughs> and it's way below 265. So yeah. I am I am actively One. looking up statistics right now, so I cannot answer, but... All right. I just I'm I'm All right, Dex. I, I'll say 1 185. Oh my god, 183. Yay! 183. Oh, yes. Yes, when I was given an opportunity <laughs> to succeed, I succeeded because my math god. is so good. <laughs> he logged 698 penalty minutes in 227 career games with Minnesota. I love, well, I, love that, I love that that's a stat. Yeah. Like how long did you sit there in shame? <laughs> what do you mean shame? Somebody. He was Matt Johnson was doing his job by fighting, which is ridiculous. We had a fight last night. We had a, uh, we had a fight last night that tide def- turning fight. Say it, Declan. It defined the game. Fight. It put the momentum in no. the Wilds' control. It, it, it actually did. It never would happen. It was. Needed. It actually did. The Canucks no, came doesn't. out flying. Yes. Felino got in that fight. It changed the tenor of that game. And you know what the Canucks said once that fight was done. When can we leave the bubble? Mm-hmm. Just for the record, just so you know, Canucks the, bubble burst. By the way, just so you guys know how tuned in the hockey whisperer is. Okay, so the hockey whisperer told you in the early two thousands, yes, the top top goons would get you three hundred plus penalty minutes. You just and like the next the next tier down would get you like two hundred fifty minutes. Here are the top two penalty minutes players that season in the NHL: Peter Worrell, three fifty four for Florida. Good lord, Peter. Brad Ferentz, also with Florida, two hundred fifty four penalty minutes. Uh, nobody on Minnesota. Uh, Matt, Matt Johnson was 13th. He was 13th. I see. So there it is. Random season recall. The Whisperer patting himself on the back again for his great The Whisperer is ready to rock and roll. He's ready to drop the gloves. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. I'm impressed. All right. That's a wrap on this episode fun, of Mackie and Judd. Uh, if, you, if you want, we're, and we're going to mix in Vikings conversations uh, on this podcast as well. Uh, but for deep dive daily, regular Vikings conversations, Purple Daily is your place to go. Purple Daily with Mackie and Judd on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com, where today we're talking about Rick Spielman's contract extension. So Spielman and Mike Zimmer both locked up to multi-year contracts, and uh, we discuss on Purple Daily. See you guys tomorrow on Mackie and Judd.